Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you don't mind standing for the reading of the Word of the Lord, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture tonight for our Bible lesson. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and 13. That is, if you're able, if you're not, I understand. 1 Timothy 5, verse 13, the Apostle Paul writes to his son in the Lord, and with all, that means everywhere, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies, speaking things which they ought to not. And uh, I'm sure that somebody's thinking, what on earth is he going to talk about tonight? I'm going to talk about a subject I haven't talked about in many, many years. It's called gossip. But uh, there is an answer, there's a remedy, there's an antidote for gossip, and that is positive problem solving. So our title tonight is Gossip and Positive Problem Solving. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to remind you that uh, for November and December, in place of our end-of-the-month monthly Friday night prayer meeting, instead we're just going to have 30 days out of the 31 of the month of December be a special time of prayer and fasting. Please choose a day of the week uh, or uh, whatever your schedule affords for the month of December and fast if you're able and pray. Amen. And uh, we're, we're going to let you take Christmas Day off. How's that? All right. Who believes in prayer? Say amen. Some people, I'm sure, even Christians may have wondered whether uh, tonight's subject is even in the Bible, but it most certainly is. I'm going to show you that not only is gossip talked about in the Bible going to prove to you from the scriptures God does not like it. God cares about what comes out of our mouth. You need to remember that every day. In fact, I advise you every day before you open your mouth and say the first word of the day that you pray about what you are going to say all day and ask God to help you do it his way. Amen. Uh, Jesus put it this way. Let's go to Matthew 12 and 33. He said, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. You don't get plums from a peach tree. You don't get uh, lemons from an orange or a grapefruit tree, though they belong in the same citrus family. Jesus then got really strong. He said, oh, generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. But an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, now watch this, this is very important, verse 36, that every idle word that men shall speak, and it includes you ladies too, they shall give account 
thereof in the day of judgment. Wow. Jesus goes on to say in the next verse, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now I want you to notice he, he addressed this group he was talking to and saying these things to as a generation of vipers. Do we have any Bible scholars here that want to take a guess as to who Jesus was addressing his remarks to? That's right, Sister Marion. The Pharisees. The Pharisees, when Jesus came on the scene, were one group of uh, several that were considered the leaders of the people. They were both political and religious Leaders, people looked up to them. Uh, in a sense, Thank you, brother. In, in a way, you could consider them uh, the preachers of the day. To make it uh, kind of compare it to how we have Christianity in our world today, the Pharisees would have been perhaps one denomination and the Sadducees another denomination. They believed different things, but they both... Uh, based their beliefs somewhat on the Old Testament. And then, of course, there was the priest. There was the high priest, and then under him uh, a whole family of priests. And then there were the scribes. Jesus mentioned them sometimes, called them hypocrites as well. All of these religious leaders, Jesus was making this point to them, and that was this, uh, it's not just what comes out of your mouth, but it's what's in your heart that counts. And he called them hypocrites at one point, but he said right here, eventually what is on the inside is going to come out on the outside, specifically through what we say. Was it James who reminded us under the inspiration of the Spirit that the tongue is the most unruly member of the body? The hardest to control. In fact, he went on to say, if you can control, whoever can control their tongue can control their whole body. Really talking about controlling their whole life. I've never met anyone in my life, ever, 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 including myself. Well, I've never met myself, but I've never known of anyone that went through their entire life and never spake a word they shouldn't have. And if that's you or if you know somebody, please let me know after service. I'd like to meet them. I'm going to read what Jesus said in another version. This is the contemporary English version. Go back to verse 33. It says, A good tree produces only good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. You can tell what a tree is like by the fruit it produces. You're a bunch of evil snakes, so how can you say anything good? Your words show what is in your hearts. Good people bring good things out of their hearts, but evil people bring evil things out of their hearts. I promise you that on the day of judgment, everyone will have to account for every careless word they have spoken. On that day, they will be told that they are either innocent or guilty because of the things they have said. I'm going to read for you Luke 6.45. Do you have that in the King James first, brother? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. This is another gospel of what Jesus is saying here, another uh, 
slant on it. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. Let's read that in the contemporary English Bible. Good people do good things because of the good in their hearts. Bad people do bad things because of the evil in their hearts. Your words show what is in your heart. Now, with that laid as a, as a, a foundation, I'm going to make a statement about gossip, and that is this. A person who has a habit of gossiping. Now, uh, the case could probably be made for somebody that you may meet every once in a while, maybe somebody here who never gossips or has never gossiped, but for most of us, it is a work of the flesh. Well, for everybody who gossips, it's, it comes out of our flesh nature, and so pretty much all of us have been guilty of it at some time or another. Maybe it's been a little bit down through our life and maybe a lot. For those people that it's a lot, those people who have a habit of gossiping, those people have a heart problem. And that's based on what we just read in the Scripture. There's something wrong on the inside if someone is given to gossiping. Uh, even in the Old Testament, God spoke through Moses, and he said, said some very important things. Leviticus 19 and 16, God's laying down the law. He says, Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. Wow. How many knew that word grudge was even in the Bible? It's there. Do not bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Not always, but sometimes gossip does come out of the motivation. And there are different motives for people gossiping, but sometimes one of them is uh, the person doing the gossiping doesn't like the person they're gossiping about. We've all heard people who gossip, and that's the motive. That's the reason why. And let me say this again. Uh, I remember talking about this last year in our series on uh, praying in the Spirit. It is not the will of God for his kids to hold a grudge against anybody. God knows we're human, doesn't excuse everything that we do as humans. But it does let us know that God understands that in our humanity, we are going to be tempted to speak and act in ways and think in ways that are displeasing to him, whether it's sin or not. Uh, and one of those ways is to have a grudge against somebody. And uh, 
grudge comes out of anger. Now, God knows we get angry. He got angry. He got angry as God in the heavens in the Old Testament. One point, God was so angry at the children of Israel. He was, for all practical purposes, what we read in the Scripture, he was ready, willing, and able, we know, and about to do it, to wipe out the entire nation of the children of Israel. He told Moses, I'll start over fresh all over again with you and make a people. And uh, the Bible says that Moses interceded before God for his people. And um, God decided not to do that. In the New Testament, we find where Jesus got angry several times. But he said, there's a way that I want you to deal with anger, and I want you to deal with it and handle it. He said, let not the sun go down on your wrath or your anger. That means handle it quickly. Follow and obey the biblical principles for doing that. One of the main principles that God tells us in his word for handling problems with other people, problems in relationships, grudges that come along, is communication. He said, if you have all against your brother, go to him. If you know they have all against you, go to them. Try to talk it out. He said, it's my will that you love one another. So we don't need to carry grudges. Grudges are one source of gossip. But there are others. Let's move on to Psalm 15, verse 1. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? The psalmist says, which means your presence. Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. Also, he that backbiteth not with his tongue. That means talk about somebody behind their back. God, seer, said, God right here says, don't do that. Nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Let's skip down a few chapters to Psalm 50, verse 19. Thou givest, now, now the, the, the psalmist here is, is inspired of the Lord. God is uh, going off on people who do what I'm about to read. Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speaketh against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such as one as thyself. But I will reprove thee, and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, ye that forget God, that forget God is watching your every move and listening to your every word. Consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. And I want to read... Uh, three of those verses in the contemporary English version, beginning with verse 20. You sat around gossiping, ruining the reputation of your own relatives. When you did all of this, I didn't say a word, and you thought, God is just like us, but now I will accuse you. You have ignored me, so pay close attention, or I will tear you apart, and no one can help you. 
God doesn't like us talking bad about anybody, especially his kids. It mentions your brother here, and I'm sure that he meant that in a spiritual application as well, our spiritual brothers and sisters. God does not like that. Now we're going to go to Proverbs, just laying a, a, some more scriptural foundation. Verse or Chapter 11, this is the contemporary English Bible. Verse 12, and my grandson doesn't like me to use this word, but it's in the Bible. It's stupid to say bad things about your neighbors. If you are sensible, you will keep quiet. Number 13, a gossip tells everything. But a true friend will keep a secret. Well, why do people do it then? Why do even we church folk do it sometimes? There are many reasons why people gossip. Some of them are. Number one, reason people gossip. Sometimes people don't feel good about themselves. They have low self Esteem. I remember a specific individual and situation, circumstances where we had to teach our children this fact of life. When they would come home from school or, God forbid, come home from church and uh, say, Mom, Dad, so-and-so said this to me, and they were talking bad about them to their face. And we would have to teach them Honey, that person most likely was doing that because they feel bad about themselves and putting you down somehow makes them feel better or at least they think it will make them feel better if they put other people down. It's a horrible motive for gossip. It's a horrible motive for talking bad about uh, someone either behind their back, which is gossip, or even to their face. But some people erroneously believe that, that if they talk bad about somebody, somehow they'll feel better. Reason number two, some people's lives get boring. And uh, they're just the kind of individual that's looking for excitement, perhaps more than they should. And so they fabricate it and make it up, generate it by talking about people. Not a good reason to do that, is it? Another reason. Gossiping allows some people to feel like they're part of the group. There's nothing, uh, think about it, there's nothing that will bring two people together faster than bad-mouthing a third person that they both know. Now, is that good? Of course not. Again, that's drawing from, why is that, Pastor? Why, why when two people get together and they start bad-mouthing somebody else, does it draw them together? Because of our flesh nature. Because it's in our human nature to do that. Don't you hate your flesh nature? Paul, the Apostle Paul, hated his. He, he, he said, when I want to do good, I find myself doing bad. Uh, I believe that's Romans 7. Chapter 7 or chapter 8. Finally, at the end of his long discussion about himself, here was one of the greatest Christians who ever lived, fought with his flesh nature, 
At one point he said, I have to put my body under subjection, my flesh nature, every single day. It's a battle we all have to fight every day. At the end of that long dissertation about his complaining about having to put up with his flesh, he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? But then he went on, he started talking more uh, positively and he knew that when we leave this life, we'll no longer have this battle with our flesh to fight. There are so many things in it that we have to try to put under subjection. But another reason some people gossip is to fill a void of information. You know those people, you, you've met them. Every one of us have met them. Now, there's none of us in here tonight like this but you've met those people they're out there who have to know everything or think they know everything when they really don't that kind of person again yielding to their carnal man their carnal flesh nature will t be prone to gossip just to fill in the void uh Maybe they don't know what's going on, and it's just human nature to fill it. Uh, God made me, by nature, uh, to be, uh, well, and he used my dad to help, to be a, a, a somewhat of a critical person. And uh, I, I really was bad, my wife can tell you, decades ago about being critical and criticizing people. And I think the Lord has helped me a lot over the years. I still have to fight it. But what that does is it makes me by nature be sometimes skeptical, like, uh, well, you're going to have to prove it to me, you know, that kind of attitude. I'll believe it when I see it. And so I am prone to, when I hear somebody talk, and relate something about somebody else, I'm not always going to jump on the bandwagon to believe it. And I think that may be one good aspect of that particular personality trait. We don't need to believe everything bad that we hear about somebody because chances are it might not even be true. Amen. Um, this is from a person by the name of Jen Miller of the University of Tampa. She says, gossip can cause personal resentment that shouldn't be involved in your group and can eventually break down the organization. She goes on to say, gossip can destroy relationships. It can undermine the credibility of both the gossiper and the victim of the gossip. Gossip can create deep wounds Gossip can produce feelings of guilt and shame. It can destroy reputations. It can place others in awkward circumstances. And all of these things are so true. If I were to ask you to acknowledge by raising a hand or pass the mic around to get your feedback uh, on this subject, I'm sure that every one of us here tonight, if we could remember have been witness to gossip doing harm in somebody's life. 
and maybe a whole lot of folks. It's terrible. Let's go back to the word, Proverbs 16, verse 27. An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is as a burning fire. The next verse says, A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. Does anybody here know? I mean, don't raise your hand, but perhaps just in your mind acknowledge people, friends, who are no longer friends because of what somebody said, one of them said to the other, or what somebody else, a third party said about one of them to one of them. I think we all do. I'm going to read this verse, at least the last verse, in the contemporary English Bible. Gossip is no good. Uh, it causes hard feelings and comes between friends. So, Pastor, you've presented the problem. What do I do about it? Well, it would be remiss of me to give you a problem and not give you an answer, wouldn't it? Especially God's answer. When you hear something that sounds like gossip, let, let, let's go this route. Ask yourself these questions. This is what you do when someone comes around and wants to gossip to you. Number one, ask, why are they telling me this? This goes to the person's motive. What is their motive for telling you? Are they telling you that to just tear the person down? They want you to think less of the person? They're angry at the person and they want to do harm to them, to their reputation, to their name? So, listen, folks, this, this is true across the board in every area of life. God looks on the heart, right, more than the outward appearance. He's concerned about the outward appearance, but he said what's in the heart is eventually going to come out on the outside. And it's in the heart where live our motives. It's the why we do the things we do. Why we say the things we say. Why we think the things we think. Why? And God cares about our motives sometimes more than he cares about what happens on the outside. Uh, in fact, so much so that you remember in the Old Testament, Jesus gave the, or God gave the command, thou shalt not kill. Very cut and dried easy to understand. He said, don't kill anybody. But then in the New Testament, he comes along as he sets foot on the earth in the form of a man and begins to teach and says, not only are you not supposed to kill, but if you hate your brother just in your heart, it's as if you did kill him as far as God's concerned. Why? Because of what's in your heart, your motive. Same thing about adultery. In the Old Testament, he said, don't commit adultery. Don't commit the physical act. That's all he said. In the New Testament, he said, don't even think about wanting to do it. Or you're just as guilty in God's sight as if you did it. So uh, motives are very important. That's why we need to pray on a regular basis. God, look at my motives for everything I do, everything I say, every place I go, how I spend my time, how I spend my money that you gave me. 
and make my motives be pure in your sight. Make them be what you want them to be because that will mean your heart is pure and that's what is pleasing to God. Question number two to ask when somebody starts gossiping to you. Why are they telling me this now? Which has to do with timing. Um, are they really concerned about the person and they think you can help the person and do something about it? Number three, what does this person who's telling me this about somebody else really want? What do they really want? What kind of an outcome, what is this person hoping is going to happen if they tell me this information about somebody else? That has to do with influence. Influence. Did you know that your influence is very valuable? Don't give it to just anything or anybody. Again, walk with God, pray, and ask God to help you do do it his way. Another question, who is telling me this that goes to their credibility? Are they believable? Have they been known to shade the truth or outright lie? Just a question to ask. And then here's an important one. What will be done by this person who's telling me this gossip? with my response to them. You need to be very, very careful what you say when someone gossips to you, when someone starts talking to you negatively about another person. Be very careful what comes out of your mouth that you don't be displeasing to God. First place, you don't want to join them. Uh, your response is very important. Uh, in fact, let me just go through some of the possible responses that you could have when someone gossips to you. Number one is silence. Ask yourself this. If I'm silent, if I don't say anything, will the person gossiping to me perceive that as me ignoring them? Or will they possibly perceive my silence as... My agreeing with them. So you need to be very careful what your response is. Another possible response is, uh, well, you, you could challenge the person. You don't want to be the next victim. Uh, another possible response that you could have is agreeing with them. And you know what? If you agree with someone who's gossiping, you know what that makes you? That makes you a perpetrator too. Makes you guilty as well. But what if I invoke something? What if I try something that will solve the problem? Problem solving. Uh, if you do that, and you have to have wisdom to do that. With any response to someone gossiping to you, you've got to have wisdom. That's why you've got to pray for wisdom, uh, not just before they start talking to you because you never know when somebody's going to start gossiping to you. Pray for wisdom every day. Another one of your daily prayers put on your prayer list for every day. 
But if you respond in a certain way to try to fix the problem, well, I'll be happy to go with you to this person that, that you're talking about and try to get things worked out between the two of you. There, you know, there's a, a dent in your relationship with it. Whatever it is, if you try to solve the problem, then you're going to find out what that person, that gossiper's motive is real quick because if they don't really want to fix the problem, it might just shut them down, which is a good thing. Or you can try reverse talk. Now, this is a, this is a, a technique that can help you stop someone from gossiping do you remember uh, the game? Most of us have played it, I'm sure. It's called Gossip. We called it Gossip, where you're, it's usually done at parties or get-togethers where everyone's in a circle. One person starts, and they lean over and whisper something, a sentence, to the person next to them. Then that person leans over and whispers it to the next person, and then it goes all the way around the circle. And by the time it get back, gets back to the person who started, who initiated the, the first sentence, 150 out of 100 times, it's going to be different. 100 times out of 100 times, it's going to be something different than what the person originally said. Isn't that a beautiful picture and proof of human nature? Human nature to gossip. So, to stop gossip, one of the things that you can do is called reverse gossip. And here's how it works. When somebody starts talking to you, and this is from the Bible, I'm not going to give you a verse, but you know it's in there, this principle. Yeah, I am going to give you a verse too. When a person starts talking negatively to you about somebody else, gossip, you stop them as soon as you can and start talking positive about that person. Well, isn't, uh, isn't, isn't uh, Dave just a hard worker? Or, you know that Mary, she, she's just a great person, isn't she? And you start drowning out their negativity with your positive remarks. That's pleasing to God. People are going to be bound to talk about the people in their lives. We just do it. We do it every day, don't we? We're going to talk about the people that we know. But we can choose what kind of talk we engage in. And instead of gossip, which is negative, and rumors, we can and should rather choose to spread kind words about the people that we know. Say good things about them instead of gossip. And, and you know what? That creates a healthier environment where everybody is far better off than what gossip does. Well, Pastor, what if that doesn't work? Sometimes the best response to gossip is no response at all. Sometimes that's all you can do. But make up in your mind you're not going to listen to it. 
refuse to listen to gossip and to slander and people talking negative about other people. If you're on a diet, you don't bring the cake and the cookies home with you into your house. And, and if you're ending, if you're stopping gossip, then you need to try and keep away from conversations that may try to tempt you to join in and listen. So what, what do I do, Pastor, if I have a problem with someone? Well, you do like the Bible says, go to them, talk it out. Uh, learn to choose your battles wisely. This works in a marriage. It's true in, among best, the best of friends. You're not going to win every battle. If you do, you're not going to have a healthy marriage and you're not going to have any friends. Choose your battles. Does it really matter? Ask yourself, what is the outcome to this that I really want that I think would be best? If you don't know, someone's gossiping to you and you just really don't know what to do in the situation, then leave it alone. But do this, again, make sure that your motive is always right in the sight of God. That's your heart. And again, I pray about my heart every day, and I hope that you do too. Pray. Ask God for the best approach. Ask God to let you pick the right time and place to talk and if to talk and what to say. Be specific about the problem. Listen to the other side of the story. Never jump to conclusions or just make assumptions until you have all the facts, and even then, be cautious. And, and, and remember, leave the blaming and the judging up to the only judge, the only true judge, and that's the Lord. And always pray for God to help you to do and say and think what he wants you to so that the outcome will be pleasing to him instead of you. I know the flesh nature temporarily feels good when you tell somebody off, when you tell somebody they're wrong and can prove it. That makes you really feel good in your flesh nature for a little while, but it's not lasting Musicians, why don't you come? Let me close with this. These are some pitfalls to avoid. These are some things to watch out for as I come to a close. In some cases, you just have to agree to disagree. Okay? And uh, this is another good one. Don't get lost in general exaggerated terms words like always well they always no they don't or never well they never that's probably not true that they never those are called superlative uh, adverbs that means they are extremely exaggerated to the nth degree 
If you think someone always does such and so, such and so, they probably don't do it always. Or everybody is, a church is a group of people, right? Human beings. It has amazed me down through the years how many times certain people, and it's just a select few, just a handful, in 30 years of pastoring, I can count on one hand the people that I've dealt with in pastoring that were like this, but they would come to me and say, Pastor, everybody thinks such and so about what's going on, something, something in the church. Everybody is. I said, really, everybody? And every single time I investigated and got down to the nitty-gritty, and usually it was the person complaining to me, admitted it. You know how many people it was? Usually just one, sometimes two. When I was told at the beginning of the conversation, everybody felt that way. Don't be guilty of that. That may not be gossip, but it can be included in gossip. Amen. Let's stand together. Cover every situation with prayer. Cover every argument, every disgruntled individual, every problem, everyone involved in every problem. Cover it all with prayer. Ask God to have his way in the matter. Ask God to help you know what his will is in the matter. Ask God to help you do what his will is in the matter. Even when your flesh nature doesn't want to. Amen. Let's bow our heads in closing prayer tonight. God, we thank you tonight. We're so grateful to you this evening, Lord, that we can call you our Heavenly Father, that we are your children, that you've adopted us into this great family of yours, and we love you for it. Sometimes, God, in our humanity, we may not get along as you want us to, but we're asking you to help us to do better. Help us, Lord, to fulfill the words of your word, your, your scripture, and the principles that are in them. Help us to obey that. Help us to walk as close as we can to the life that pleases you, including the words that come out of our mouth, especially what we speak with our mouth, God. Help us to yield our tongue to you. Help us to every day make it a matter of prayer to ask you to empower us. Give us the desire and the power to do your will in everything we do and every word we speak. Lord, don't let us be guilty of displeasing you by having grudges in our heart and expressing those with our mouth. But God, help us to pour it out, all of that stuff to you and say, God, cleanse me. Let your spirit, your Holy Spirit, enrapture me one more time. Wash me. Fill me. Cleanse me. Make me what you want me to be. I want to be what you want me to be, God. I want to speak the words that you want me to speak. Hallelujah. I want to do this because I love you. And I want to please you more than I want to please everybody and anybody else, including myself. Grant it, Lord, according to your will. Let me be the tabernacle, the sanctuary, 
that you want me to be where your presence dwells. It's pleasing unto you. Why don't we just sing it to the Lord? Make it your prayer tonight. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.